It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, May 6th. 2022. I'm Lisa Brady. An effort to tame inflation leads to a charge and then a retreat on Wall Street as the markets wonder if the Fed's strategy will work. You could say that stagflation is the worst case scenario because stagflation means you don't have any growth, which is where we are right now, and inflation continues. I'm Chris Foster. A little dance with his daughter on social media helped make Fancy Like the first number one song of country singer Walker Hayes' long, now successful career. It was crazy, you know, and I'm like, yeah, everybody around the world is doing that dance, you know. And I'm Tom Shalou. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. The Fed did something this week that everyone knew was coming. Inflation is much too high. And we understand the hardship it is causing. Fed Chair Jay Powell announcing Wednesday's decision to boost the central bank's benchmark interest rate by half of 1%, double the usual amount, and the biggest hike in more than 20 years. We have both the tools we need and the resolve that it will take to restore price stability on behalf of American families and businesses. And while more hikes are expected, he signaled that an even bigger increase is not in the cards. It set off a big rally on Wall Street, the best day since 2020. But that was was quickly followed by a stunning reversal on Thursday, with the Dow plummeting more than a thousand points, the Nasdaq more than 600 or about 5%. And second guessing the Fed strategy is getting much of the blame. Well, it was highly controversial. Some people in the market wanted to see a three quarters of a point rate hike. Fox Business's Jerry Willis. There's a lot of argument out there that the Fed isn't moving quickly enough to curb inflation. Inflation at 40 year highs, everybody across the country is feeling this in their wallet right now. From the grocery store, if you're buying a car, you're buying a home, you've seen these inflation numbers on the rise. 8.5% hike in inflation was the latest monthly number. And the Fed is trying to bring that number in, right? Their goal is to get it to 2%. So you can imagine we could have lots of rate hikes coming. But I have to tell you, it's anybody's guess whether what they're doing is going to work. It is really difficult to curb inflation and keep the economy from going into recession. It's highly likely we might see yet another quarter of negative GDP growth. That's the broadest measure of economic growth, GDP. Which we had that contraction in the first quarter, which um, seemed like a, a big surprise. Yes. I mean, is recession the worst case scenario here? Well, you could say that stagflation is the worst case scenario because stagflation means you don't have any growth, which is where we are right now, and inflation continues. Inflation is really pernicious. It affects everyone, and it affects those people at the bottom of the income scale the most because they are spending the largest proportion of their income on basics like housing, going to the grocery store, bread, eggs, butter, more of their income goes to those basics. And so when those prices rise, it hurts them more. So it's a difficult thing to get rid of as well, because once inflation gets set in motion, then every employee in the world is asking for more money. And then that causes companies to raise prices even more. So it's this cycle that you can get into that can be very difficult to break. 
Is that what has so unnerved the markets? Because Wall Street seemed really relieved the Fed basically did what a lot of people expected with the half point hike, but then seemed to go back to worrying. And I know, you know, we've talked about the delicate balance the Fed's trying to achieve, bringing down inflation without triggering a recession. But um, these are wild swings for the markets. Well, so there's a lot going on here. And I think it's naive to say it's one thing that's unnerving the markets. I think the markets hate high inflation, doesn't help companies. As an asset class, equities look worse when inflation is high. So that means fewer investors, right? But I think more broadly, they're unable to predict what the economic landscape is going to look like in another three months, six months, year, right? It's completely cloudy. What's inflation going to be? What are interest rates going to be? We have no idea. Think about how long we lived in that low inflationary environment. You could buy large ticket assets, not worry about prices rising. And now you've got these tantrums from the market, and I think that's a good way to put it. They're acting out because of these uncertainties and these unknowns that started with inflation, that started with the Federal Reserve, but have implications for every corner of the economy. Is that maybe why it should concern everyone and not just investors when the market is swinging so wildly? Because you can make the case, well, not everyone has stocks, so maybe we shouldn't pay so much attention to Wall Street. But it's it's a big picture. So... When things are as uncertain as they are right now, when major investors have big questions, when people are taking their money out of the market because they don't have a view into the future and they're anxious about it, that means people who would invest normally in building businesses, hiring people, all of that activity is curbed. It's slowed down. That's bad for everybody. And as I've mentioned like a couple of times already in this podcast, inflation is a negative for absolutely everyone. Chairman Powell seemed to offer, you know, some reassurance in a couple of ways about the economy. He talks about the still low unemployment rate as a positive, and he talks about consumers still spending. But isn't inflation part of what's also pumping up those spending numbers? Absolutely right. And great insight on your part. Consumers are spending more because guess what? Things cost more money. And one of the things the market didn't like about his comments yesterday is that he seemed to be so upbeat about the broad economy. He said, you know, we had one quarter contraction. Doesn't look like it's going to happen again. Really? I I don't feel like I know that. I I mean, I think it's still an open question where the economy is going to go next. Now, let me give you some positives because I've been nothing but negative since we got started. So the housing market, right? It doesn't do well when rates rise because, you know, mortgages become more expensive. However, that could reset prices. So people who are out there to buy may have more inventory from which to choose in another six, eight, 10 months, right? More houses on the market, lower prices that could make it easier for you to buy. What's more, we have as much as 1.1 million new homes coming into the marketplace over the next 18 months. That'll further depress housing prices. So if you're shopping for a home, things could get better for you. In terms of 
who this rate hike actually affects. Um, I know it's mainly borrowers of different kinds of loans, right? And you mentioned mortgages. I mean, mortgages, I think I saw the mortgage rate had already hit a more than decade high. 13-year high, 5.27% this week. That's a world of difference from the beginning of the year. 2.05 increase on the January 6 numbers. But let's work out. I think you're headed towards consumers and more broadly. How do all these interest rates play out for everybody? Mm -hmm. I mentioned that mortgage rates tend to run ahead of what the Fed is doing because bankers just think they see what the Fed's doing and they go out and, you know, raise their rates accordingly. Conversely, uh, credit card issuers typically put in place those rate hikes in the next one to two billing cycles. So if you have a lot of credit card debt, now is a great time to get rid of it because you're going to be paying more and more and more for that credit card debt. And virtually all credit cards now are variable rate. So if you can get like one of those deals where it pays 0% for the next 18 months, if you transfer, well, then you could maybe transfer before the rate hike really gets there. Read the fine print, though, because some of them have some elements in those contracts that you may not like. But I think that's, a, generally speaking, a good idea. You know, there are people who are going to get helped here, and that's primarily retirees who are savers. We're going to see the much-derided CD, Certificates of Deposit, will actually tick a little. Returns will tick a little higher on that. And that's what retirees live on, are the savings and the returns on their savings. So we'll see some of that stuff start to look better. And I think uh, retirees are going to be much happy about that because they've been wandering in the wilderness for a long time with no return. But if you've got an adjustable rate mortgage, for example, you, you should be thinking seriously about locking that because rates are only probably going to go higher from here. Now, how could this all end, right? So I was asking one of my favorite experts on mortgage rates, and he was saying, unless inflation shows some evidence of a real pullback, then the pressure is going to be to the upside for higher mortgage rates. So that's sort of the outlook that we're looking at. But again, all of this anxiety, we had a big gain yesterday. Now we have a big loss. And I think people are, you know, understandably unnerved about that. But, you know, you've got to understand your own exposure. Now's a great time to stop watching the indexes. Go back. Look, what's my interest rate on my credit card? Do I have an ARM, adjustable rate mortgage? Do I have, have other debt that's variable? Was I looking for a house? Should I put that on pause and see how this shakes out a little bit? Or should I move ahead? One other thing, and that is the Fed um, rolling back the purchases it made yeah. during the pandemic to help the economy. What did it buy and how important is the pace of that rollback? It's really important. So this is kind of technical, but let me explain it in a really easy way to understand. So during the pandemic, uh, the Fed was doing everything it could to keep the economy out of recession to actually make the recession that we were in less intense than it was. So what they did was they went out and they bought a bunch of treasury bonds and what we call agency debt. So to increase demand in the marketplace for those products to lift up the economy. Now they're trying to unwind that because guess what? They have nearly $9 trillion worth of this stuff on their balance sheet. Not something the Fed should have. The Fed should not be that big of a player in those markets. We need to let the private sector, you know, take up that demand. So they're going to start selling that stuff. What's interesting about that and a possible problem is that 
part of that debt is uh, mortgage debt. CMOs, remember collateralized mortgage obligations from the 2008 crash was one of the things that led us there. So they're going to be selling some of that debt, and it'll be interesting to see how the marketplace reacts to that, uh, because it, it could make the mortgage market a little more difficult place to be. Now, my guess is maybe they'll instead they'll do treasuries first or something. I'm not clear on that, but this is the Fed just trying to unwind some of that stimulus that they so freely gave the economy uh, during the COVID pandemic. Boy, no pressure on the Fed's uh, next rate hike decision, right? No pressure at all. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, people were livid about yesterday. They thought there should have been a bigger rate hike. And now the pressure's on for them to do another 50 basis points. We are widely expecting that to happen in June. Will that significantly reduce inflation? I don't think it's clear. Wow. Fox Fox Business's Jerry Willis, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. This is Tom Shalhoub with your Fox News commentary. Coming up. Walker Hayes moved to Nashville from Alabama in 2004, trying to make it in country music. He spent years struggling with a lot of mouths to feed. He has six kids now. He had a top 10 song in 2017 called You Broke Up With Me. Then last year... Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. Got that Bourbon Street stay with the Oreo shake. Get some whipped cream on the top two. Fancy Like went to number one, helped by a TikTok social media video of Walker dancing with his oldest daughter. And Applebee's started using it in commercials, bringing back the Oreo cookie shake mentioned in the song. Walker writes about his struggles with the music industry, faith, sobriety, and just trying to be a good guy in his new book, co-written with his friend Craig Allen Cooper. Like, just looking back, we're, we're still learning about our relationship. You know, as we wrote in that book, there's a lot of his side of the story I didn't really know. The book's called Glad You're Here, Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread and Fences. But, you know, Craig and I just hit it off, and it was very... It wasn't easy for me. You know, I didn't want to hit it off with a Christian. You know, I didn't want to go to church. And that's, you know, Craig was starting a church. And so we we are, like the book says, unlikely, you know, friends. um, He was not the type of guy I was was running around wanting to make buddies with, you know. Um, So, yeah. Uh, The the subtitle, Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread, the title, Glad You're Here, is something he said to you. Yeah, um, maybe the I don't know, first or second time you met him yeah. when, when you went to, when you were the church that he attended that used to preach. At. Yeah, yeah, those were his first words to me, and I was hammered. Uh, they met on a Saturday night. My wife dragged me to this church. Uh, it was the last place I wanted to be on earth. I thought we were kind of done with the church hunting phase mm-hmm. of our life, and I was excited about that. So when Laura Craig's wife invited us. I, I mean, I immediately couldn't stand them before I even knew them. But yeah, when we showed up at Redeeming Grace, mm-hmm. Craig just beelined for me and just said, man, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, he meant it. I, I didn't, they weren't like magic words that night. But as our relationship grew, you know, I realized that he just saw me as a friend. He didn't see me as a project, Yeah. Um, which I've been seeing as a lot 
in my life. And so, you know, and I definitely didn't fit in a church. Oh, my goodness. I grew up in this Baptist church, and I was either getting beat because I didn't sit still or I was getting told to go to church because I was being <laughs> Cause cause I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, because I needed some more churching, you know. And so that was kind of my M.O. But, yeah, um, you know, Craig said, glad you're here. And he just he just loved on us so much that it was like weird. You know, I mean, it was a weird feeling at first, but I began to embrace it and um, accept their unconditional love. Yeah, and uh, the, the, he gave you a van yeah. at one point, and um, th- th- and that you kind of found hard to accept. You had five kids at the time yeah. with one ratty car, right? And they weren't rolling in it I right mean, at the time. Yeah, they did not need exactly. this van, but you needed it more. And yeah, it, it, you, and and he just basically said to you, "Look, just take it." He did, and I again, that's another illustration of my pride. And, you know, dislike of the welcome feeling. You know, I was like, so I'm that guy that somebody gives a car? I didn't, I'm, I'm not that desperate, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, the van blew my mind. And then I tried to thank Craig over and over once I eventually accepted the gift. But it never felt adequate. You know, how, how do you thank somebody for seeing an obvious need, being brave enough to give it to you, and not only just give it to you, but give it to you when you when you refuse it. You know what I'm saying? I, I find when I accepted the gift, I always wanted to thank Craig, and so eventually I just kind of went about it like I do most of my life, which is, you know, when I'm processing something, I write a song about it. Uh, just finishing up yeah. on, on this friendship. What about a year ago? You moved in next door. Yeah, we're best buds. Yeah, we're we're neighbors. We're brothers in Christ now. I found the Lord, and Craig started writing this book, and a lot of the book, uh, a lot of the parts he wrote about, kind of touched on my story, and so I kind of crept in as a, I was going to write the forward, and then that turned in where you write on some chapters, and then finally Craig was gracious enough to say, "Hey, you want to do you want to do this together?" and um, I said, yeah, you know, and then in the meantime, as we're writing this book, while we both go through some trials, you know, I lost my dad while we were writing this book, Um, Craig's, you know, family stuff, we all have hard times, but the trajectory of my career just takes off. While you're writing the book. Yeah, literally like chapter five of this 10 chapter book. Fancy like takes off. And I'm like, what do we have here? Like, you know, before fancy like we could have sold a few books, you know? Yeah. Now it's wild. I have this magnificent stage that the Lord has orchestrated and this message to share again. And the song Craig even lives on the second album. You have a, a nice way of with just a couple words or a phrase really being evocative and painting a picture. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, with just a few words, um, when you're when you're writing, tell me about that, that endorphin rush. Where, yeah. where you're like, wow, that's that's it, that's great. I yeah, like it. man, I just look for those lines, and I I call them like to me, they're almost so true that they're uncomfortable. If mm-hmm. you know, like there's, I'll tell you two of my favorite like lyrics that have popped into my head. One is one from a song called Halloween, mm-hmm. and it says, I don't know why I'm like this. But what would it change if I knew? Maybe my parents messed up, but they're just dressed up kids, too. And then another one 
uh, my favorites is uh, in AA. It just it's very simple. It just says I gave up skull and cigarettes. Now I'm just hooked on Nicorette. That's my whole life. I mean, I'm such an addictive personality. I literally turn everything into a drug. But I, somebody helped me the other one one day. They said they said you always say things everybody's thinking but never say and that's what i when i go to write that's what i'm digging for mm-hmm. yeah that's what i want to mm-hmm. find speaking of AA, you, i mean you write about the drinking in the book and you did a, yeah. a fair amount of drinking and you look back and you say geez i really did put beer or whatever it was yeah. in, in front of in front of my family yeah was it a little painful to get back to that and was there is there any shame there or are you past that stuff now no, you know, I, I like I said, uh, a lot of people say, "Hey, what would you say to your younger self?" And yeah. uh, I, I mean, I was just trying, trying you my doing best. Your, you were doing your best. Yeah, and you know what else is all those, all those mistakes? I mean, they got me to today. And you know, I'll probably say that about a hundred things ten years from now, between now and then. And so I do. I, I love that my kids get a front row seat at redemption, at, at, at sobriety. You know, they've seen addiction, they've seen sobriety. So I think that's great. I'm not a big let's protect our innocence. There's, there's a lot of things that I'm ashamed of I did, but I feel like the, the Lord has used it all. It's, 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 it's not like that was out of his control or his hands. Um, I always tell my kids the worst things in life they're really the best things for you. Like you really grow, not a lot, you know. When you when when everything's gr- trust me, like fancy, like it didn't grow me, you know. Yeah. What grew me was having one car. Um, losing a kid grew me, yeah. you know. I, I love, I love the lens that I look at life through from the hardest things I've endured. Um, you're on social media. Um, you're on younger social media than a lot of people. Your right. Age, you're what, 42? Yes. And you're on the TikToks, as the yeah. kids say. And um, it's fun to watch. They're, it's like little home movies, and you get <laughs> to share your fame yeah. w- with the kids. And you don't look like you're doing it to, with a gun to your head. You know what I mean? Like a lot of right. artists might be forced to, right. hey, man, you've got to have a social media right. presence. You seem like you're having a good time. I am having a good time. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I love about TikTok. It's very uncurated yeah. and like calculated. And we love it, man. I I try to run my socials. I'm not perfect. Um, you know, sometimes I want to get on socials and brag or, you know, it's just a natural human mm-hmm. thing. It's like it's sometimes Instagram turns into just adult show and tell. Sure. And and I, I hate when I do that and I and I know when I do and but I really try to think. I, 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 I'm big on loneliness, man. I, I don't, you know, that's one thing I hate is if I look at one of my kids and they seem lonely. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I've felt that before, and I'm, I'm not a fan. And so when I do my socials, I really want somebody to go, man. My, my house is is messy too. Yeah. Or you know, like I have a broken windshield wiper as well. Or I ate Taco Bell today too. You know, I, I just want people to go. That's not perfect. Neither is my life. Maybe it's okay, you know? Yeah. Uh, your oldest, Leela, you, yeah. you write about in the book. You're uh, 16 now. You say she's really kind of been a rock for you. Totally. Totally. I mean, Leela, Leela has been the most forgiving daughter. I mean, you can ask my wife. I mean, she was our first kid, and we, we were pretty young, and we didn't know how to do it, you know? And she has seen alcoholic dad. Uh, mm-hmm. She's seen 
angry, grieving dad. She's seen non-Christian dad. She's seen Christian dad screw it up. She's seen every version of me, and yet she she somehow finds the mercy and mm-hmm. grace to forgive me and hang yeah. with me, you know. And she seems like a good hang. She is such a good hang, and um, yeah. If if we were the same age, I tell her all the time, like yeah. we would be such good buddies. Mm-hmm. And um, but she is a. I love Leela. She's not perfect, but she's a beautiful soul, and um, you know she. That moment we had, you know, with the fancy light thing, a lot of people... If people are, don't, um, most people yeah. listening to this probably know, you guys had a, uh, you did a dance to fancy light right. and, and, it, and it really took off. And basically my career changed. Yeah. I mean, we had, look, the song is powerful and all, but what sent the song into oblivion was this dance. And there might've been people, people found that song who watched TikTok and right. like, and like maybe daddy daughter stuff. Right. Who never would have listened to never that Never country. Yeah. And Leela and I will have that forever, but what a just, it has been so fun to watch Leela see just what a drop of joy, how the ripples have just been like typhoon, just circular monsoons, sending the world dancing from yeah. just a moment of pure not trying, you know, just again, going back to my socials, I mean... I don't say, hey, let's learn this perfect. I don't say, let's do a billion takes. We just do it and put it out there. And it is amazing to watch a 16-year-old go, man, Dad, I watched you doing that on the CMT Awards, and it was crazy. you know. And I'm like, yeah, everybody around the world is doing that dance, you know? Uh, Walker Hayes, the album is Country Stuff, the album. Yeah. Uh, book, glad you're here, Two Unlikely Friends, Breaking Bread with... Uh, Craig Allen Cooper. Also, um, you can see Walker's face on Applebee menus these days, right? Come on, yeah. (laughs) We've stolen a few. (laughs) I bet you Yeah, for souvenirs. Walker's good talk to you. Thank you. You too, thanks. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And now, some good news with Tanya J. Powers. A New York man is traveling to all 50 U.S. state capitals in one year, and he's doing it all by bicycle. Bob Barnes, who's from Syracuse, started his journey on August 1st last year and has already biked through more than 35 capitals. In a recent interview with Fox Digital, he said he's also developed a fondness for Cincinnati, Ohio. He traveled there after pedaling through the state capital of Columbus and says after Mississippi, Ohio is his second favorite state. Bob, who's a former Uber driver, Driver has been bringing folks along on his journey with Facebook posts on his Bibbery Travels page and in interviews with Fox News. He says he started what he calls the Great American Triple Switchback trip for several reasons, including bringing awareness to blood donation. A GoFundMe page helps him pay for the journey, and he told Fox TV stations that he bikes more than 40 miles a day on average, camping in his tent overnight at truck stops and in parks. While in Louisiana on his 28th Capitol stop, 
He reached Baton Rouge, then made the trek to New Orleans for Mardi Gras and to meet his half-sister for the first time. This week, he made it to capital number 39 in Illinois and says Des Moines, Iowa is his next destination. You can follow his journey on Facebook or on foxnews.com under the Lifestyle tab. Go get him, Bob. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Tom Shalhoub. Tom Shalhoub. What's on your mind? Mother's Day's coming up. You gotta remember Mother's Day, right? Now, as a dad, I gotta say, I think Mother's Day is more important than Father's Day. You know, dads, we don't mind a little appreciation, but I think moms really need it, and they deserve it. However, I think the funny thing about Mother's Day is that in our home, and I think in most homes, you try to do things for mom, right? Breakfast in bed, bringing her flowers. But moms are the ones who know how to do everything. So she inevitably has to get involved. You know, the day before, I'm like, hey, where's a good place to get flowers? I need them for some reason. And she knows the pancake recipe. So Mother's Day morning, it's like, honey, where's the vanilla extract? She's like, I'm getting up. Don't worry. I call my mom on Mother's Day. Now, if your mom's older and lives far away like mine, and if you have a big family, I suggest spacing out your Mother's Day phone calls. You know, a call with mom takes more than an hour. She's got to go through all that mom stuff, right? So if she's got a lot of kids, she's going to be spending all Mother's Day on the phone. Why not coordinate with your siblings and make it a Mother's Day week? Everyone gets a night. And no, don't do this whole group Zoom call with mom. Not good. You got to have some alone time with her to complain about your brothers and sisters, right? Well, however you spend your Mother's Day, remember, it's all about gratitude and appreciation. Moms, you're the best. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Tom Shalhoub. Listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up to the minute news, go to foxnews.com. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.